Oh. Hey, what, what's going on in here? Well, you're in the science shed. What? I'm coming in here to get yeah, get a tool out of here. Like, I need like a new spanner. I'm afraid there's no tools here. Just just intellectual nuggets. What? Yeah, so you're in the science shed. It's a kind of two weekly podcast with uh, two a- academic scientists. Two of you? Is that just you in there, isn't there? No, no, no. Nick's around somewhere. Nick Evans, is he's an associate professor at uh, Southampton University. Well, right, right, well... Am I gonna like what's where am I gonna get my Well you need to sit yourself down well, oh, and, right. for about half an hour and you just let us kind of talk to you about some of the things we've been thinking about. Well alright, well I can spare a bit of time, but have you got a cuppa? You you put the kettle on and we'll get on with it. Alright then here we go. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Combustion. Why Do We Need, Patrick, Oscar, Bay. Isaac, Transplanting. Hello everyone, welcome to the Science Shed. Yep, uh, hello Steve. That sounded a little bit um, like I was a bit bored, didn't it? Should I try it again? Mm. Hello everyone, welcome to the Science Shed. That <laughs> no, sounds fake. Yeah, it's true. Shall I try it? Yeah, go on then. Hello listeners, <laughs> welcome to another edition that's your of... Radio, that's your radio voice. Hi, how are you? <laughs> we should fade out Barkman to the overdrive. You ain't seen nothing yet. Let's rock. Steve, do you ever invite any of your people that you work with around to your house? Um, I have done. My group, every year at Christmas, I invite them over. I buy them cheese. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. So, Although my group's got a lot bigger than, than it used to be, so I might, I might not be able to afford it anymore. Well, I did it a while ago. I haven't done it for a while. I did it with my students, and I just invited them around for some dinner. So a kind of social thing? Just like around my house. Yeah, my boss never did it when I was a PhD so, student. He so, was quite antisocial. He's a nice top bloke, but he yeah. wasn't, wasn't sociable in that. My old boss in the States used to do that, but it was really quite painful. Mm, that's he's, the thing. He, that's have, he had a pool party. <laughs> so everyone used to come like, every year. Everyone used to come and, like, you know, get a little bit undressed. Can I do a some bit. rude impressions of your ex No, don't. <laughs> you might. Don't. He's a top guy as he's well. He's amazing, yeah. He's an amazing guy. He's a Nobel Prize winner. But he used to have a pool party. Did you have a pool party? No. What did you have? So. Well, this is what I'm saying. It's, I know that those parties can be weird and awkward bit, yeah. and strange. So uh, when I did it before, it was but, just well, like okay, well, just to go back to like, what I will say is I'm really glad he did that, right? Because it really did feel like, so one, it gives you stuff to talk about on your future podcasts. Mm. And two, um, it actually did, it was nice that you kind of wanted, you know, his lab was yeah. very important to him. And so this was his way of showing that. And I thought yeah, that's yeah. really, that's profound. It's kind of, it wasn't just a job to him. It was yeah. much more than that. Um, so it was. I think it was useful, even though it was. It can be a bit cringy sometimes. Anyway, so um, there's a fine line, right? So yeah, when I did absolutely. it before, I just had there was a few of us having dinner because I didn't have. There's a few more people who I sort of co-supervise now. So right. It was like so you're growing. Six or seven. Well, spreading. kind of. Don't like spreading, but spreading. <laughs> Not like spreading. I like growing, but there's kind of like so I, inv- I invited all them round, and then my collaborators who co-supervise them and things like that. Yeah. And we had a party. It was quite nice. Yeah. I made canapes. What kind of canapes? So, okay, let me guess, right? So, so Nick is not not a refined, sophisticate in it by any means. So, <laughs> You'd I think. Be surprised. So, so I reckon, I reckon there was probably. So, did you do bellinis? Bellinis with like with smoked salmon, and uh, and uh, like creme fraiche or something. Mm, he's not too. F- 
far away. That's a good guess. I did I did do salmon. I couldn't find Bellini, so I had right. these little, um, very thin, kind of like pastry cups. Right, okay. And I stuffed the smoked salmon slices of it into the little cups. Right. And you know what I did? I bought some fresh dill. Right. And then I chopped with a pair of scissors the dill very finely, just gently over the top with a bit of olive oil. So, so if you That's one canapé. So well done. Yeah. You've got one. Any other? Um, I reckon there's probably like a cheese and tomato-y one. Close. Yeah. So mozzarella ball with cheese. a cherry tomato and an tomato. olive. Oh, and an olive. I wouldn't have the olive. I wouldn't have guessed the olive. The olives weren't the best, actually. They right. were like... They weren't sort of nice. They didn't rock the world. No, but the mozzarella and tomato. And with them, I had fresh basil. I cut a bit of basil over them on cocktail <laughs> sticks. So, so Nick's well done. Nick's, so that's two. Nick's from the West Midlands, so uh, so 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 basil <laughs> is like the most sophisticated thing he knows. Hey, okay, right, okay. okay. <laughs> I like the way he's getting defensive. Okay, come on, come on. One. I think I'm doing pretty well. Come on. Um, all right. Do you do? Yeah, there's got to be a meat one of some variety. Come so on, maybe. But maybe charcuterie of some kind? Did you take kind of salami? Not far away. Oh, I'm Not good, salami. aren't I? Uh, You've got to be a bit more precise. Than uh, that. Oh, be parma ham. got to be, be parma ham. Parma ham. <laughs> Do you know what I did with the parma ham? I wrapped it around some cheese or some oh melon. Oh, my God. He's so clever. <laughs> I had some little pickles, gherkins, oh, miniature yeah. pickles, and I wrapped the parma ham around what, the gherkins. What are they called? Jammed the gherkins in it. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I jammed a cocktail, and some of them I, had, I thought were some people at gherkins are controversial. Some people mm. might not go. I guess with it. I'll do one with a cherry tomato. Mm. So I did, and then anything else? So you've got this is amazing. <laughs> you've got three of them. Three out of three. Not totally right, but almost right. Um, uh, what chicken satay? No. Oh know. yes, <laughs> yes. Satay sticks at the oven. Just bought them from Lidl. Whacked them in the oven. They didn't go down as well as the other thing. Right, so okay. the students are all enjoying these. Right. They were impressed. They're mixing. They're like, they wow, Nick's, Nick's, Nick's got some I don't skills. Know, this is skills a, I don't in know. The I think it was a nice party, but yeah. I, like I say, it's always a, there's always that air of, yeah. kind of this is a could be an awkward situation. But I think it was all right. And then the other thing we had was pizza. Right. And some random beige Chinese oven oh, right. things. Oh, right. The kind of, yeah, just calorific. Yeah, yeah, and some bread with some hummus. Oh, that sounds very nice. And it went well. I think so. I, enjoy, I had a good time. I drank quite a lot of wine. Right. Well, I feel good. like I was more drunk than other people. Wow. Well, yeah. They, they also want those stories, right? Your PhD students want to, when they go on to other things, and you become this incredibly successful. Oh, absolutely. In the future. They'll say, so I, came I remember to him. Hovel. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he wrapped some cheese around <laughs> some, some ham for me. But yeah, so I, it was a good, it was a good thing, and I'd do it again. Good. These are uh, your vocal exercises. We, we learned about that in the last episode of the podcast. That wasn't vocal exercises. No, that's just you freestyle scatting. Did you not understand what I was talking about? <laughs> what were we talking I about? I encoded my voice in a new thing. All right, so re- regular li- listeners of the podcast will be able to like play that backwards. And There's probably three people out there who understand what in the world. Said. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not going to say no more about it. What you got for me? Um... So, I wanted to talk about um, water. Water's a, a thing which I have a lot of experience with, Steve. Right. I do, I bathe in it. Yeah. I drink it. Yeah. I mix it with things. So, I want to, so when, when, when water boils, what do you think, like, what, what's, what's boiling to you? What's oh, the difference in a boiling? Okay. 
So we're going to go on a journey. I'm going to zoom you in into water. <laughs> this is Nick doing science communication. There's lots of little um, water molecules that look like tiny little coat hangers. Yeah. And they all sort of gently brushing aside. More like boomerangs, but yeah. Look, don't contradict me. <laughs> they're all floating around in the, yeah. in the thingy and they're bashing into each other. And some of them are sort of holding hands and moving right. in formation. Okay. Others are independent. And they're sliding past each other. Yeah. If you stick your finger in, they all sort of move around relative to each other, and that's what makes it a liquid. So when they boil, you apply heat, and they move around much, much more quickly. And they're less likely to be in, like, partnership, and they might be a bit more loose. And occasionally, they've got so much energy that they just fly off the surface. They've got so much energy that they just fly off the surface, and so then they're floating so around so as a you, gas. So for you, uh, boiling is a... Is a temperature-related phenomena. It's a kinetic thing, yeah. It's based on the molecule's kinetic energies, which increase with the amount of so energy put in the system, and that means they've got more velocity and they can fly fly away. More. So what, what happens if you change pressure? Um, so water, as you know, boils at a lower temperature at lower pressure. So I'm saying I could make something boil if it's by changing the pressure. Yeah, you. By yeah, not, but I'm not changing the temperature. Okay, so that means that they're inhibited from flying out of the solution by there being a lot of pressure. So if you remove the atoms in the air, inhibit yeah. them flying off the surface. So if you decrease the number of molecules in the air, they can fly off much more easily. Yeah, so this is why quite often people is say... Is that right? Uh, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, 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 yes! So actually, so boiling, boiling is, um, is not a temperature associated phenomenon. Like boiling is very different to, to you know, evaporation. But actually what you're doing is exactly right. You're saying that the, this is classically why they always say your cup of tea on your aeroplane is always a bit shit. Because what happens is that when you have a, a the cabin of an aeroplane is pressured, but it's only pressured to about half that of atmospheric pressure. I which means that water. It makes me feel uncomfortable when I think about that. But, but then water. Fighting for breath. <laughs> so why are people on a plane not going like that all the time? <laughs> Can you imagine that if you got on a plane? No, I'm going to Spain, right? And you get on the plane and everyone's just like... Ugh. And then you're flying over the... the you get to 40,000 feet. And you just... Wherever you look, everyone's going... <laughs> yeah. um, okay. That wasn't that happened. So, <laughs> theoretically, so people breathe more quickly when they're in a plane. Then. Um, well, they must do. So, I, I, so it's interesting. So, the, the, basically, you're just talking about a phase change, right? So, when something goes from a liquid uh, to a gas, we associate that with boiling... Uh, if something goes from a solid to a gas, we call that sublimation. It's about, you know, going from one state of matter to the other. What's really cool about water is this thing called the triple point. Do you know what the triple point is? Uh, it's where you can have in a gas, liquid, and a solid state all at once. That's that's true. So I never quite understood that because in my mind, I remember this from like chemistry lessons when I was at school. And there's kind of yeah. a graph with two axes on it. And then there's some lines. That's pressure and temperature. There's some lines, and there's like lines which intersect, and then there's a bit coloured in, well, in one part, let, let, let's and another bit. Let's explain in it a little bit better. So, so, so if you, so you're talking about boil, we were talking about boiling, right? And I said to so say, say we take water boils at 100 degrees at you know uh, uh, um, atmospheric pressure, right? So say we go, if I if I if I heat it, heat some water up to 99 degrees, yeah, it's not going to boil, right? Because everything, every single atom in that in that cup of water is at 99 degrees, but yeah. but it's not undergoing any... Yeah, why, is it, why is the line so distinct? And then what happens is we... What I'm going to do is I'm going to take that cup and I'm going to lift it up in the air. 
And so the pressure is going to reduce. Mm. And at some point, it's going to start to boil. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's, what, that's, that's, that's a phase. That, so if you imagine that's one point, if you said, okay, let's do that, but rather than do that at now 99 degrees, let's do it at 98 and 97 and 96. Yeah, and yeah, how, yeah. how high would I have, have to, to take that it. water yeah, up? Yeah, 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 I get it. And you can imagine that drawing that diagram, and that's the, the, what, you're, what you're describing, the phase state of water. Um, and actually, so there's one area that goes from one area on that graph of uh, ice to to gas, to water vapor, and that would be called sublimation of ice. One of those that goes from, from the liquid state of water to the gaseous state, and that would be called boiling. I still don't feel and any then, closer to understanding this, by so, the way. So, so what I was just saying is that you can change temperature or pressure independently, and you can uh, and yeah. uh, you pick oh, any random pressure so and any kind of temperature. that graph has got pressure and temperature on it. That, exactly there. Oh, and okay. at any one point in that space... You can choose a pressure and you can look at look at the temperature you would have to have in order for something to be a solid, a liquid, oh, or a I gas. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes those things intersect at one specific point on that graph, and that's called the triple point of water. Right. And at that point, it's really cool, right? So you have ice, like proper ice, yeah. that's that's also liquid in, in a glass of liquid that's also boiling. And it's not like fizzing, like gas is coming out of it, like fizzy water. Yeah. It's boiling like a kettle, yeah. all at one temperature. I mean, I have to be honest, and I don't totally understand what you've just talked about right. with regards to that. I mean, I'm willing to take it on licence, but it's quite difficult to get your head around. It's crazy, it. isn't it? And also the other thing but that anyone, Everyone's had a bad cup of tea on an aeroplane, and it's oh, basically yeah, yeah. the same thing. Well, you can't, it's famous if you go walk up Everest, you can't make tea above yeah. a certain height properly because the water's boiling at like body temperature degrees or something. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, the, 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 that's the other thing I don't understand because in my, my picture of the world of boiling that yeah. I just mentioned... Things are flying around, and the more kinetic energy you've got, the more likely to fly away. Yeah, that's not true because boiling—the boiling point is a—it's a, you know, it's like a digital shift. The, well, there's a from one to another, and it yeah. doesn't boil. I mean, what what's going on there? You mean at the interface? Well, the water boiling water doesn't get any hotter than a hundred degrees. No, that's right. Never gets any hotter. So than I just don't understand degrees. that. So the energy that goes into if you want to, so if you if you plot kind of temperature, um, the, the energy that's going in to make the Water, if you carry on heating a pan of water. Hmm. So the reason the water doesn't go over 100 degrees is because any, any, any extra energy that goes into that is being used to give the, 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 the atoms in that, uh, the kinetic energy to escape and become a gas. Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's why you don't get any, because, it's because that, the energy is being used in the state change. Because there's work done by an expanding gas. So I was thinking about, like, when I was thinking about boiling, I, yeah. when I was imagining it, I when was imagining... When you in to your little boomerang. Well, I was imagining in the, the surface of the water, right? But that's not what yeah. happens. Water boils and bubbles form in the water of gas. Yeah. So how does that happen? Because that's not... If they're flying around inside the water, yeah. they can't fly off the so surface you're, inside You're thinking the water. about maybe evaporation. So evaporation is a surface phenomenon, but boiling is not. Boiling occurs at any point within a within a. So I don't. So my explanation earlier on was incorrect then, because I didn't understand. Like, if you get a bubble, how does the bubble form in the water? Well, that's a separate reason. You have to have a point of nucleation normally, but um, no. But I mean, bubble. A bubbles. If you boil something, things bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Boiling water bubbles. Yeah. So how do those bubbles? Because that because at some point that those those molecules have enough energy. To, that they don't need to hold, they can't hold on to, they can't hold hands anymore, and they want to be apart from each other. And when they do that, they that they become. So they, that's not a speed thing, then. It can't be just them flying around because they'd need to make that bubble. They need to occupy like a much bigger volume. Yeah. So one mole of gas occupies twenty four thousand times its own whatever, volume. Whatever, yeah. whatever. But like the the molecules are bumping around each each other. And they make they make enough space for you to call that a gas rather than a liquid. Yeah. And so you imagine. Okay. So here's the. You know, when we have these conversations, it's like, 
I realise fundamentally how little I understand. <laughs> so imagine taking a, 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 a um, sealed tube of glass or something, right? And we put, we're going to put some water in it. Mm. And then we're going to heat it up. And at, what point, at some point, something is, is going to start boiling, right? And all of, the, all of the water molecules are going to start occupying more volume, just as you said. And but there's go a distinct e change. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, I get Why it. don't you get a continuum between them in a liquid and them in some kind of gaseous state. You do. Why is that? You, but I don't think you do. So boiling's happening at every point in the, in, in the saucepan. But you've either got liquid or you've got gas. Yeah. You don't have something in between. You can get something in between, yeah. yeah oh, yes, you, you do. Which you, is about my, my sealed... Uh, but at it's some not point, like a line. It's not a continuous... It's called a, super, straight, it's called a super fluid. But you don't get a continuous straight line. So like, I'm, I'm talking about um, the fact that you've got liquid... It reaches 100 degrees, it stops there, yeah. and then gas forms, right? Yeah. You don't get something, well, you get some specialist yeah. forms of, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you don't get something in between. So I'm kind of saying, well, what's the distinction between the two, and how does that distinction arise through the molecules of water f flying around more quickly? Yeah. So There's a phase transition. Explain that to me. So, so you're ask, are you asking about why, why is a gas different to a liquid? Why is the chain, why is it so distinct? Why is the boundary between because the it's Because at that point, the intermolecular forces are overcome by the kinetic energy of the particles. So, yeah. so the energy that they like to, hold, to be together and hold hands is overcome by the fact that they're bumping into each other so strongly. So basically, there's a very distinct energy which corresponds to them holding hands with it's each other. It's called a boiling point. Exactly. Yeah. And so as soon as you get to the... And that will be contained in the kinetic energy of that, the particles that's innate, combined with... That's an innate property of the, of the, of the physical media you're looking at. So obviously that's different okay. for water, it's different for mixtures of water with sugar or ice in, it's then different to benzene or whatever, right? So it's a, kind of, it's a fundamental physical property. Of, and it's also the, inhibited by the amount of stuff you've got pushing down on the water. Exactly, the which, is, which is why my, my pressure argument, because as soon as okay. you reduce the pressure, the amount of times that... You can imagine if someone wants to let go, it's trying to let go, right, yeah. of its mate. And every time it does that, when it tries to let go, something comes, uh, a gas molecule comes out and pushes it back down. Yeah. Um, or, if, uh, you mm -hmm. know, and so that's, so that's, that's a kind okay. of physical. Yeah, I can kind of accept that. <laughs> so I, I've got, because with these things, I think with most people, when they learn about these things, you have to have a picture in your brain of what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. And if you can sort of have that, it makes things easier. I mean, w when you like translate your experiences, if you looking at a boiling pot of water, yeah. you know, you kind of think, well, what's going What's happening on the molecular yeah, level? Yeah, yeah, and I suppose that when you have boiling as well, it things do start to boil before you reach the boiling point. So if you're boiling something on the hob, you start to see bubbles a long yeah. time before it actually boils properly. Well, actually, what, what, so quite, it actually gets even more interesting. So, so, so it's not that distinct. You've probably got regions that are hot in the water that are hotter than other bits, that's and true. that's what causes that. There so is the water so they're not completely they're not completely yeah. uniform. That's so true. boiling starts to happen in a pot of water. At the bottom on a pan because that's the hottest bit of probably, the pan. Yeah, so when yeah. you put the kettle on and you hear it going, yeah. you're already boiling that layer at the bottom, basically. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. because that bit that bit just so happens to be hotter. But the whole the whole uh, the whole kettle isn't the water in the majority of the water oh, of the kettle yeah. is not. I like, I like having this. Is the best way to learn, man. This is must be what you should. This is like tutorials. I'm having a tutorial with Steve. So it's so it's cool. So I was gonna. So we can talk Maybe about gases. Try to grope me later. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> I'll tell you next time. Let's talk about uh, the ideal gas law. That's super exciting. Yeah, <laughs> ideal gas. <sighs> What's annoying, Nick? Oh, Steve, something's been annoying me. 
Nick, what's annoying you? TED Talks. Ted, I love a TED Talk. I can't stand TED I Talks. I sometimes feel that, do you know, I was in New York the other week, and I had a meeting from the guy, the guy who gave us a talk. So, so, so we give a little, so the reason I was in New York is I was there talking um, as part of some of the people that fund our lab. And they also like have some guest speakers that come in and talk to us. And the guy that gave, the guy that gave a talk was the first ever TED Talk. And Who was the first ever TED Talk? I forgot the guy's what name. What <laughs> was it on? Uh, he, so he was the. What was it on? He was the. I tell you if you listen. <laughs> so he was the um, the first director of the MIT Media Lab. So I don't know if you know, like back in the seventies, it's quite famous the MIT Media Lab now. But at the time, it was just like a bunch of academics, kind of playing around with like crazy massive TV screens and touch screens in the seventies and all these kind of stuff. And he did he did a talk about kind of effective communication. Um, which was an hour long. It wasn't this kind of 18-minute thing, the TED Talk. So but, when, yeah. what year was this? Oh, it's like uh, 1998 or something. Okay, so that was on the internet? Yeah. yeah but they yeah. didn't have YouTube or anything? No, they days. didn't. No. We didn't have videos on the internet. <laughs> but they didn't, because t- they didn't have proper streaming. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I want to dig that out. This we, can, we can pop that on the Twitter feed if we can dig yeah, it we out. Can find but the first ever TED Talk. They annoy me. Because um, so, like, so I'm going expi- to explain gonna, what TED Talks oh, yeah, are for anyone who do doesn't right. know. So if you've not heard of a TED Talk, you can just Google it, right? Or I can tell you now. <laughs> you could, they, could, they could just Google anything. So a, TED talk, a TED Talk, it's, um, it's kind of like some dude. It, it doesn't have to be science. It can be anything, basically. I saw one about a guy who'd given up pornography the other day, for instance. The, the tagline is ideas worth spreading, right? So it's just anyone that's got something interesting that, to say normally. And then yeah, that sort of thing makes me vomit. <laughs> You hate so that the, kind of corporateness of it, don't you? That's do, what, like you don't like the someone. The people, like I don't. You know what? I wouldn't. Really so like, I know one of generally my it's interesting people have, have got a little story, and they're normally very short. So they're kind of sometimes they're academics. They don't have to be. I know Jamie Oliver did a TED talk, but it's a story about the. Jamie. Uh, <laughs> but generally, there's the kind of short nuggets of someone telling a story about something, and normally they're quite knowledgeable on that. Yeah, I mean, I always associate them with sciencey people talking about sciencey things or technology, that sort of thing. But they're kind of like, they're always the, the person that does it. They're not like, it's not an academic talk. So they're not doing slides or anything. It's some guy and maybe he's got a little microphone in front of his face like Madonna does when she sings. <laughs> don't know why I thought about Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a little uh, one of those microphones. And they walk around on the stage yeah. and they do all of this body language to convey their point. You don't like the, the power And they always stance. seem to be these American guys who are talking about, oh, gee, this is so amazing when I found in the uh, MIT lab in the 1970s, we had the computer. And it's all like that. And then the thing is that you get British people doing it and they're trying to emulate this kind I mean, of... Just, like, I, I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. and, they, and it just does my head in. <laughs> I don't like it. But I don't, don't you think it's good that people, like, you know, interesting people spreading ideas? Spreading. That's what diseases do. What's, what, so it's the verb. The I verb don't, I don't like got- that. That tagline irritates me even. Really? What? Say it again. So th- I don't think that's say the tagline. Say it again. I, I, I <laughs> say the tagline. <laughs> I think it's, it's say the, say I, the ideas tag- worth spreading. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me fun of vom. I can't believe you don't like TED Talks. I've never watched it. I'm, all like all I, I, know, I do is just post. That's basically my entire social media stream is me posting. A TED lot Talks. of these TED Talks are kind of like 
you know, a lot of stuff these days. So there's one I watched about a guy, you know, you get those random emails from like people from Nigeria or whatever, and they're saying, Oh, hello. Yeah. Um, uh, Your greetings, respected (laughs) sir. Exactly. Yeah. Um, We have very felicitations. (laughs) Your bank account is in. I can't. So there's a TED talk for a guy that that responded to that guy, and they had this like really extended conversation, like backwards and forwards. Yeah, but this has been done, man. Adam Buxton did this (laughs) on his podcast. He he tried replying to them. Well, maybe. He did a Viagra one. You know those Viagra ones? Yeah. He started replying to Viagra <laughs> emails. Make your penis bigger. Right. Black hole. Nothing happened. No. Nothing happened. Well, not, well, not to not to Adam. Anyway, I mean, some of the things with these TED talks, I feel like um, they're kind of half interesting, and I feel sometimes like I'm just in a tepid bath. I put these things on, and I'm kind of. Like, uh, so why don't you like it? You, you don't like the fact that someone has to kind of someone that isn't naturally maybe kind of charismatic is kind of forced to be that way. Part of it, and you that. F- and you feel like someone yeah. sh- it should just be about enthusiasts. Yeah, you don't like anyone showing off, do you? I don't you, like, re- you li- like you don't like people not being very humble. I think I'm kind of like a really unpleasant, cynical British man <laughs> who doesn't. <laughs> I like second that. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like these sorts of things? I don't know. I, I just find the whole. You know what? I'm, I'm going to sort of slightly contradict myself now right. because I have seen one or two where I'm genuinely <laughs> impressed. Supported. So which ones? Oh, I've got a, I've got a, um, a colleague who I who I know uh, um, at Bath. Yeah. He did one on. He makes um, kind of like he's an engineer, but he designs chairs for people with disabilities. All right. So people with um, cerebral palsy who have a lot of these sort of movements spastic movements yeah um and the chairs can't usually accommodate their movements so these are sort of chairs which will give way a bit it sounds right. like a kind of simple problem but obviously there's not a lot of money invested in. yeah and his son has got um okay um a d- not not um cerebral palsy but a similar disease so he talks about it from his own personal point of view so that's right. kind of when something is a little bit more inspiring i think so it has a personal story to it as well as so it's, so it's about authenticity. I think so. Yeah. I so think you, it is you, a lot of it. You, you, I you think can I feel like that these people are just like, no, you have to put, put power stance. And I you do. have to move your hand. Like, you know when like uh, politicians just tr- uh, are clearly forced to do the same kind of thing? Yeah. When Gordon Brown had to smile and things yeah, like yeah. that. Like, I think it is. That. I think you've put your finger on it a yeah. bit there. And I think a lot of it's to do with kind of this unmitigated slew of stuff. And we're contributing <laughs> to it with this podcast. Right. It's this unrefereed... Thing where people cast shit out. What are you talking about? Ours is and incredibly well, well <laughs> fact checked. But you've got to go. Stupid. You've got to spend ages. Like you none do. of it's quality control. No. So you can invest some time in some crappy TED talk, like I did the other day. I think it's got to be this semi semi quality control because you have to be invited to do a TED talk. Well, there's all kinds of, sort of satellite TED talks and things There like is, that. but they're not the proper ones, the TEDx. Well, I think TED could do a better job, to be honest. All right, so TED, buck your ideas Sort out. out. Juice 
It's something that's quite variable in the pleasure you get from it, right? Yeah. Because you can get so many different types of fruit juice. <laughs> and when you have something like Tropicana, which you realise... you consider is the, is, the, is the orange juice to which all others are judged. For an orange juice which comes in a bottle from a shop, yeah, I think it's up there. That's what I mean, it's a standard. Like if you're better than Tropicana, you're doing well. Absolutely. Yeah. But then, like... But you realise when you have, like, if you buy any other type of fruit juice from Sainsbury, you know, yeah. just like the carton or whatever, you just realise how utterly shit <laughs> that orange juice is. Particularly in this country. Carna, every mouthful brings a little kind of very small orgasmic pleasure. A little ray of to joy. Body. Fly, just hitting those pleasure centres in the oh, brain. Oh, yeah, great. Anyway, what are, you, what are you going to talk to me about, Steve? I want to talk to you about computer games. Great. Right. So remember the Master System 2. No. Do you remember the Master System? You're a bit younger than me, so yeah. I was I was an eight bit. Yeah, that was eight bit, was it? Yeah. But I, we didn't have games consoles back when I was computer. You games did. consoles, no, they didn't really start to come out until like um, the NES, I'd, the NES yeah, and, the, and really, the Master System. So okay, I used to get a computer game magazine called Zap. Yeah. Right, which was the magazine of Commodore and Amiga later on. Uh -huh. So when I first started getting that, there was no such thing as an Amiga. It was a console. It was oh, before. Okay. And games consoles were very new things. Right. And kind of like a little bit controversial. Right. So Why controversial? Cause, because cause they, people aren't outside I think like, running around. And some people who had home computers, their parents bought them because they thought, oh, well, my educational. son, my son <laughs> Nicholas, is going to become... He absolutely loves the computer. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's been programming it himself. My parents bought me this magazine called Input Magazine, which was like basically... Just a load of machine code. You know what? And what I did was I'd spend ages, like two days, <laughs> typing out 10, print, uh, 20 data, 67, comma, yeah. 47, typing this out, right? Line after line, line after line of code. You have to get all right. And, and if at you the end, you press one, run. Yeah. You press run. And the computer would go... <laughs> and would be like, oh my God! And, and a little the smiley face. <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, so, so games consoles were a little bit kind of like, so they were kind of like your decadent <laughs> home computing. Yeah, okay. So, so remember there was, a, there was a very famous game called Duck Hunt? Do you remember Duck Hunt? I, I, um, I do, but so only Duck in Hunt, the edges of You remember, memory. I don't remember, it had like a light gun and you used to like point it at the screen. Um, and no, I don't like remember. There was like that. ducks flying about. And so the, it was a, like a Wii game. You could actually point something at the computer. It was a, there was a there was a there was a hat. You know, this my whole our whole dis my whole discussion here relies on you knowing what Duck Hunt is. <laughs> this might not work otherwise. It's quite a rude name, Duck Hunt. Quite rude name. <laughs> I wouldn't choose to call a computer game. Duck anyway, Hunt. Um, nor would I call, choose if my name was Mr. Hunt. Call my son Mike. <laughs> so, so the. So think about it, right? It's quite ahead of its time, right? So this Duck is like Hunt. this is in the world of CRT, right? And you had a little light gun, and you pointed it, and ducks flew about, and you yeah. shot them, and then they died. Yeah. So what? How does it work? Well, if I had to guess, well, I, I so this, so is, like this is like I'm doing this. I'm going to guess based yeah. on a lame person's just like logical knowledge. Yeah. So. So bear the in mind, screen, hang on. So think about like say say a Wii, a Wii game or something, right? You have like a you have a something in your hand that can that has an accelerometer in, it can tell that it's it's your and its pitch and its angle, it knows where it is in space because it's got these like infrared points. This is a computer games console that's like twenty five years old that just has a little gut little gun that you could shoot you could point at the screen and you could shoot you could shoot these ducks on just a normal TV screen. It's you not a special what? screen. Well, I would have said something to do with the, the angle of the gun would have been detected, but you'd have to know where the screen was, and exactly. the wouldn't know where the screen was. Exactly. 
So um, I don't know. Is it some kind of like... I really don't know. Is it, it, is it some absorbance on the screen, the colour and the light reflecting? And if you... If there's a black spot, you get less light back or something, and the duck's black or something like that. That's very good. You're very close. <laughs> so this is how it works, right? So you don't see a duck. Like, the the way the game works is you have these ducks flying about, mm. and then when you click the trigger on the gun on your master system, mm. what happens is for one frame, mm. the screen goes completely black, right. apart from an area where the duck was. Oh. There's a little square that's white. Oh, I and see. then what happens on the front of the gun, all the gun is... Is a is a light emit, light detecting diode, and right. it, if it just so happens to be pointing at the region of the screen that had the white square, it goes. You must have been sh pointing it towards the duck. That is amazing, right? So basically, people are like I was because I was that like, how does fantastic? And then what happens? It goes so, straight back to the picture of so the duck flying about. The the the, the, the um, it would be an it'd be a uh, LDR, wouldn't it, rather than an LED? So yeah. So your your light sensor would yeah. be down the bottom of a tube. Exactly. So the only light which subtended has to be a particular angle would be able to. Ah, right. Okay. So what people used to cheat is they just used to like put it in front of like like point at a light bulb and just click go 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 <laughs> and you used to get like a perfect score. Well, there's the flaw in the system. Yeah, indeed. But isn't it cool? Like they're like. I really like those kind of old school like engineering solutions to problems where yeah. you think like. You look at that on the face of it and you say, oh, well, you can do that now. You have like, you know, you measure where it is in three dimensions to X dimensional accuracy and all this. And all it is is just like, is it a black square? That's yeah. all it is. Isn't it simplest cool? Simplest is often best, isn't oh, it? I think it's, so it's the old this Occam's razor, isn't so it? It's so beautiful. Start off with the simplest thing and then yeah. work your way up. So, yeah, that's how that works. Fantastic. Bright and body, you know, Nick. <sighs> you remind me of the babe. What babe? Babe with power. What power? power of voodoo. Who do? You do. Do you what? Remind me of the babe. Should we go? <laughs> I think that's enough for one that day. That kind of says we're done, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, well. When both, you know, like when any argument descends to talking about Nazis, that means like yeah. it's the end of the argument. And maybe when any, any po a corollary of that is that when um, any podcast starts to just repeat David Bowie lyrics, then... Uh, then it's time to, to finish. Well, on that note, please share, subscribe, look us up on Twitter. I'm at The Evans Lab. And I'm Steve the Chemist. And join us again soon for some more annoying podcasting. And maybe some David Bowie quotes. Absolutely. All right. See you later. Bye. <laughs>